my parents were pushing me to go down this sort of academic, you're going to be a doctor, a lawyer. And all I ever wanted to do was to play sport. And I, I wasn't very good at it, but there was just something compelling about being beaten up and then starting again and losing and starting again and just testing myself over and over again. Welcome to Axe Pro's Business, where we have conversations with people in business about their business journey so as to provide our listening community with a variety of strategies that can help grow their businesses. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Ask the Pros Business, you know, where we bring professionals, entrepreneurs, they come on the show, you know, share their journey, their story, you know, how they started, difficulties, success stories as well, you know, in order to help other businesses and individuals as well that want to think about going into businesses you know, have your own business as well, you know. And on this particular show, you know, I've, I've got a speaker, he's an author, you know. He launched his book sometime in December. It's hitting the wall, you know. And spoke to him earlier on before the show, you know, quite an interesting guy, you know. And guys, trust me, you're going to learn a lot from this guy when it comes to business, you know. And he has his own business as well, you know, which is the business clubhouse, you know. Guys, help me to welcome Ash Taylor. Ash, welcome to the show, my brother. Hey man, how are you? All right? Yeah, I'll give myself a clap. <laughs> yeah. So Ash, on this show, you know, we always start from the beginning, which means, you know, telling us how the journey started for you, you know, because uh, I know guys want to know the backstory, you know, how you started to how you built your, your, your business now, you know. So if, if you don't mind, you know, let us in about how this whole thing started for you. Yeah, cool, man. And thanks for having me on. I'm um, yeah, no really happy to share that. So um, you mentioned my book. Um, the whole story is in the book. Anybody ever wants to read it? But um, basically, my story started when I was sort of thirteen. Um, I'm not going to do every single year, but um, you know, hitting a tennis ball against a wall. I was a, an average athlete. Um, you know, I'm not an amazingly talented player, but I just worked really, really hard, and I would just hit this ball against the wall over and over and over again. And there was this dude, Peter Hennessy Smith. He uh, saw me one day. He was the pro at the club. And he started challenging me. And he started saying to me, you know, how many shots do you think you can hit today? Why don't you try this skill? Why don't you try that skill? And over over some time, he kind of became a mentor and almost a second dad to me. And he, he, he really kind of pushed me in a direction which I never thought would be possible. So I ended up kind of coaching part-time, um, helping him out at a club. Um, I did my O-levels, which shows how old I am. <laughs> did my O-levels back then. <laughs> did, did not very well in my A-levels. You know, my parents were pushing me to go down this sort of academic, you're going to be a doctor, lawyer, accountant route. And all I ever wanted to do was to play sport. And I, I wasn't very good at it, but there was just something compelling about being beaten up and then starting again and losing and starting again and just testing myself over and over again. So um, I trained as an engineer. I was terrible at that, really, really bad. But I was really good at coaching tennis. So I ended up when I was, what, 22, 23, starting to coach full time. I worked in various clubs, various different environments. Um, you know, worked at a private member club, set up a community club um, in, in South London. I mean, we were literally going into estates and throwing rackets and uh, nets down and just shouting out, does anybody want to come and play? And just giving people an opportunity, going into schools, all these sorts of things. Went to Australia, coached out there for a bit, came back, uh, did a bit more coaching and then got offered a job by the Lawn Tennis Association, which is the national governing body for tennis in this country. Worked for them for four years and then set up my first 
what I call proper business. So I've, I've always worked for myself. I've always been self-employed from when I was about probably 16, 17. I was earning money, like almost 50% of my time I was out coaching and earning some money. Um, but this is the first time I went to company's house and, and started a proper business, if you know what I mean. So the, for me, having a limited company and a VAT number, that was like, what, real business now. <laughs> and, it, and it's funny because I, I remember... When I got the job with the Lawn Tennis Association, I'd already been coaching for about 12 years. And my mum rang home to tell everybody that I'd finally got a proper job. <laughs> and I'd taken a pay cut to do that job. <laughs> you know, it was absolutely bad. But it just shows kind of how people's perception of what real work is, if you know what I mean. And that for my parents, it was like, oh, he's finally got a job. He settled down. So, yeah, so I set up this business and we provided tennis coaching to um, clubs and, uh, and and kids who couldn't get access to the game. And it got really, really big really quickly. So really big, you know, not millions, but we, we did kind of 30 grand in the first year wow. and just under 300,000 in year two. So we, we did that Grant Cardone, you know, put an X on it, if you know, 10X thing. Yeah, you literally put yeah, yeah. zero. It was mad. I got to be honest. It was it was insane because I knew nothing about business. I knew how to look after me. I knew I knew what it was involved in having a couple of you know kids working for me. But suddenly I had twelve venues. I had all these volunteers that were working in these venues. I had twenty seven staff. Fourteen, twelve of them, fourteen of them were full time. I had an administrator. I had budgets to run. I had to learn about Google AdWords and Facebook and how to market properly. And, you know, dealing with local authorities and dealing with rivals and, 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 you know, just all this stuff that nobody teaches you. Nobody teaches you when you go to school. I mean, you're running this podcast to give people information about how to run a business because where do you learn it? I mean, you know, some of my clients now have MBAs. And yet we're still helping them. Do you know what I mean? Because theory is one thing. So I, I ran that business for five years, five and a half years. I started another couple of businesses on the side as well, an education business and a community business. It's always been in me to give back. So every business that I've had, we always have something on the side, which costs us money. So we're, we're doing something for the wider community. And in 2013, um, basically, long story short, I lost that business. Um, very close friend of mine who was in it, didn't help me and we 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 i had to walk away from the business basically and i lost pretty much everything i lost my house how did that how did that how did that make you feel no at the time really angry really angry not just with them him but there were people around me that i expected that i thought were friends and supporters and it turned out that really actually everybody's only interested in themselves you know, that, that, that's what I discovered. And I was angry at myself. So, yeah, as I said, I was I felt angry. And that was my first reaction at the time. And I spent a long time angry. I was angry at the people that I felt had let me down. I was angry at the people that I thought were friends around me that I thought would support me. Mm-hmm. I was angry at myself for not seeing what happened, for not seeing how it was going to happen, for not understanding enough. But I think as I've got kind of more mature, maybe, <laughs> I don't know, grown up, whatever, and, and being able to reflect backwards is always easier. I've come to realize that actually it was a really, really good thing. I, I'm very, very grateful for what happened because I wouldn't be making the change that I am now with people's lives 
if, if that hadn't happened. And, and maybe I've come to the end of that road. I mean, there are thousands, if not tens of thousands of children out there who are uh, you know, physically healthier and mentally wealthier because of the work that I did. There are dozens and dozens and dozens of people, you know, coaches, men and women making money from the game, um, from the sport because of the impact that I had. So that's something that nobody can ever take away from me and I can't ever take away from myself. That's a really positive thing. And now I get to do it again, um, just in a different arena. So in many, many ways, I'm quite grateful for the opportunity to kind of, you know, step out and be challenged in a different way. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, it does. Ash, it does, it does. And yeah, what, what, a, what a remarkable story, you know. And going back to what you said about, you know, getting experience, you know, I, I can also put, put a thing on two there as well. You know, when, when I finished you, um did my master's university of manchester did project management you know it was just theory there there was no practical you know so when i when i when i, when I got up my, my mindset was like oh I've, I've got this now i'm gonna get a job but i went to several interviews it was a case of you, you haven't got the experience so how do you how did you get the experience then you know so so it just it just kind of like resonated with me when you, when you spoke about doing this show just to teach people out there how to run their businesses as well you know you probably learn from behavior people that have done it you know from there you can learn a thing or two you know it goes there but from your journey so far now you know i i i, I gotta have a sense of like uh, you know there's a bit of like would, would i say f- not not necessarily failure you know because sometimes it depends on how you see failure as well you know, there's a bit of learning curve for you there. For you, you know, when when you do something and it doesn't go your way, you know, you have to do it again. You know, what is your take on that in terms of failure as to say? That's a such, it's a really good question because, you know, I fail every day. Every single day I fail at something. But what I've learned is that does not make me a failure. And, you know, when I lost my business, I had to sleep in my car. Yeah, there were places I could have gone, and and but I was too proud. You know what I mean? So I, I slept in my car because it was it was easy. And and we, we talked about this last week. It wasn't yeah, terrible. Yeah, it, it, it was cloudy, so it was all, you know. I'm sorry, I <laughs> <laughs> but but, but I, I think the thing is, I had this discussion with somebody last week. It was last week. I went for a walk with a friend, and we were talking about this. And I think because of because of my background in sport and not being brilliant at sport. That trained me to learn how to deal with failure because I wasn't very good. So I spent more times losing than I did winning. And I think if you were a very, very competent athlete, if you're one of the best, you know, we always joke about Man United fans, you know, for years, they didn't know what it was like to lose. And if they lost a match, it was just like this shock. Whereas I'm a Queen's Park Rangers fan. And we lose every week. So you you know what I mean? It's, it's you can deal oh with it. God, yeah. And and it's and it's the same thing. As as a sportsman, as a tennis player, I lost a lot. And for me that was normal. It wasn't a big thing. I'd lose a match, okay, I'll just go and play another one. I'd lose another match. Okay, I'll just play another one. And I think a lot of that has helped me now, you know. You know, you, we just got interrupted by your kids. When when they were learning to walk, they fell over a lot, didn't they? Yeah. But they, they didn't stay sitting on the floor forever and go, right, I'm never, ever going to walk. Daddy, carry me for the rest of my life. No. They, they took the bruise. They had a little cry. They wiped their eyes. They stand up and they go again. But for me, when you fail at something, you're just learning. You're just learning to do it better or do it differently next time. So if I can't, if I can't win a match like this, then I'll try winning the match like that. 
And it's the same with business. I try things all the time and I've learned that the quicker, and my my team hate me for it because I'm constantly trying new things. I'm always saying, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this. Sometimes it fails and they're like, Ash, can't you just stick at something? And I'm like, yeah, but I don't know that there isn't going to be something that's going to be a little bit better. So let's go and see if we can break it. Let's see if we can go and deliberately fail and break it because that's how we're going to learn. Do, do you know what I mean? We kind of, I think, you know, we, I believe truly that we learn through failing. Yeah. And a lot of people don't fail enough. They're too cautious. They just stick to their, you know, we're, we're entrepreneurs, we're business owners, we're change makers. We're out there trying to do something different and trying to take control of our own destiny and not work for other people to have them tell us what to do. Yeah. And in order to do that, you've got to take risks. And when you take risks, sometimes you fall over. Yeah, definitely, Ash, man, definitely, you know, f- for me, for, for, for me as well, you know, I think, um, when you're, in the, when you're in a place of comfort, you know, you're, you're comfortable. For me, I think you don't, you don't grow, you know, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I think, I think, um, getting rid of that comfort zone, you know, actually makes you to explore more and you grow. Like you just give the analogy of, 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 of the kids now, the baby trying, trying to walk or move, you know, if, if, the, if that child stands there, you know, and just stays there, you know, I never move a muscle. You, you never build your muscle anyway. You, you just, you, you just be there. You know, it's, it's like going, it's like going to the gym. If you want to increase muscle strength in the gym, have to fail. Definitely. Absolutely. The whole point of training is to break your muscle fibers down so that you, 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 while you're eating and you're resting, your brain, your, your muscles come back bigger and faster and stronger and denser to deal with the pressure you're going to put them under next time. That's the principle of weight training. You deliberately the muscle fibers till they can't cope and then when you rest they come back stronger and denser so when you pick up a heavier weight they go oh, i can do this now and then you turn them again and that's the principle of weight training that's what you do isn't yeah, it? yeah yeah definitely definitely I, I can if you if you think about the first time you drove the car yeah how, how did that how did that feel i i guess i guess it was you you were nervous <laughs> that was a long time ago man <laughs> yeah yeah, it was, um, I, you know, it's one of those things that I think everybody remembers, though, when they first sit in a car and oh make a move. Just petrify. How many times have you stall? You know, you stall all the time, unless you drive an automatic. Yeah. You, that. But, you know, you stall all the time. But then I can't remember the last time I stalled. Yeah. For for me for me starting starting I took I think I I think I th- I think I took off the headlights so <laughs> <laughs> I, I, re- I reversed into my mum's car I remember that <laughs> <laughs> nice one nice one man. you know and moving on you know you 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 started your business you know your your business you know the business clubhouse you know how how did that come about because I know that you know when we want to start a business. It's something we think about, you know, you want to think about the name, you want to want the name to be appealing as well, you know, like it could just be any name. Anyway, for me, starting Ask the Pros was just, I just, I just came, I, I don't know, I just thought of it, I said, Ask the Pros, you know, okay, mm-hmm. Ask the Pros, okay, Ask them the Pros, you know, so the name just, it just kind of like, you know, it just stay there for you, you know, picking your, your business name. How did that come about? Because I, I want people to kind of like know, know the steps to take in, in terms of, you know, creating that business as well. It's a really, it's a good question. I've never been asked that question before. And honestly, it was something I thought about really for quite a long time and came up with the name, the business clubhouse, because for me, the clubhouse 
in sport is always the place where the trophies are given out, where the, the dinner happens afterwards, where you have the socials, where the, you know, the locker room is there, the pool table is there, the bar is there. It's when the conversations happen. It's when you sit down with your rivals after a match and you have a beer together and you talk about the game nice. and you, you, you discuss improvement. It's when, when it's raining, your coach sits you down inside and challenges you mentally instead of, you know, um, beforehand. It's where the, the, the team talk takes place. It's where you change. It's where you listen to your music and get pepped. In some clubhouses, there are, um, there are gyms in place and the fauna and you, you know what I mean? It's, it's that yeah. congregation and, I really wanted to build something that was about community. Mm. So all I did was go, well, I want people to be in a clubhouse, with, you know, and, and, and I kind of see myself as the barman. You know, I'm just a quiet barman in the back who has a little chat when needed, but keeps the drinks flowing, make sure everybody's happy. Yeah. Um, but they're doing the work. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and yeah. there's a library if you need it, there's sofas if you need to chat. And I thought, well, I'm running a business. I want this to be for business owners. So I just put the word business in front of it, and that, that's how it, it came about. So trying to create this, you know, one of our products within the business clubhouse is called the locker room. So we we, we actually have a you know a product within nice. within the business, nice. the locker room, because that's where the you know that's where people get the inspiration, the motivation, the sweat, the you know the and we've got um, in the lockers is all the the kit that you need and the resources and the information and and. and so for me, having, you know, we, we're not aiming ourselves just at people who play sport, but people who do play sport definitely go, I get that. I do get that straight away, immediately. So there's a bit of resonance. Because being, I'm not going to call myself an athlete, but being, you know, sport's been a really, really important part of my life, as far back as I can remember. So it's really cool now to be able to have a business that's got, that's not actually got anything to do with sport, but there's a little not to it, I suppose. Yeah, definitely, man. I like that, man. Definitely love that. You know, and you know, you mentioned something about being a community. You know, for me, I think I interviewed um, an entrepreneur back a couple of months back. No, he he said he said he said one thing. He said he said if you, if you want to build a business, the first thing you do is to build a community. When you mm-hmm. build that community, that community is going to build your business for you. You know, so what you said now, you really made sense, you know, and, 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 I, and, I, and I just thought about that, you know, and that just resonates with me. Like, you know, you, you have to be the community after you have your community, that community will definitely build that business for you, you know, which is the yeah. audience as well. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I, I was told something very similarly that if you want to build a business, build a team. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, it's one of the first things I, you know, if I could go back and speak to myself. Uh, with my old business, I would have told myself to build a better team earlier on, people around me that I could really genuinely trust. And I've, I've done that with this business. And my team are brilliant. And I've got people I can rely on. I've got people who challenge me. But also I see all of our members as part of the team as well. Yeah. So we are this one big happy tribe together trying to, trying to do things. And I, and I think I think that's really important. I think it really it's it should be you know, lesson number one in, in the real NBA, yeah. build a team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Your journey has been a remarkable one, you know, I, I must say, you know, but I, I know that, you know, starting a business, you know, if, even if it's good or it's bad, you know, there was something that you probably like look, look back and said, you know, if I knew I would have done this differently, you know, for you, you know, were there any challenges, you know, and if there were challenges, you know, what were those things that you said to yourself, you know, if I, if I knew better, I would have done this, not that. It's a great question. And it's a really, really easy answer. Knowing what I know now, if I could go back, 
I would have understood my numbers much, much more. I, I was kind of very typical of many entrepreneurs. That I was good at what I did. I was beating and leading people. I could go out and sell. I could understand how to market. Once I understood how important marketing was, I could market. I could sell. But I always buried my head in the sand when it came to the numbers. Mm. And I would get accounts from my accountant and I'd look at them and I'd go, ah, look at them tomorrow. And then two months later, they're at the bottom of the pile because I didn't understand them. I didn't understand them. And even if I did understand them, I'm not sure they would have shown me anything that would have been useful. You know what I mean? Because everything was, all my accounts were based on what happened three months ago or at the end of last year. So how does that help me now? And no one had ever shown me, you know, build a cash flow. Yeah. Understand how your money is going to move over the next 90 days. If, if you spend £200 a day, how's that going to affect you in seven weeks' time, in eight weeks' time? Build a budget, you know, a, a really clear budget. Where are you spending your money? Stick to that. Stick to that. Don't just go, oh, we've made several thousand pounds. I'm going to go and buy a new car because I can. And then wonder why you can't pay the bills in six months' time. You know, and, and there's, there are lots of nuances around money that people just do not understand in business at all. And I think it's, if I could do one thing better, and it's something I spend a lot of time doing now, humbling myself over, is really trying to understand uh, the numbers in my business as, as best as I can. Can you imagine watching a football game and there being no scoreboard? <laughs> nice, great. I like that. I like that. All right. And most, but so many business owners do that. They're yeah. playing a game, but they don't know if they're winning or losing. They don't know what the score is. If they don't know what the score is. They don't know how many goals they need to score to win. And business is much more complicated than football. It's, it's, you know, most football matches are won by two goals. I think it's something like 1.8 goals is the difference or something like that. Minimal. But what if that's golf? What if, what if that's the score is in the hundreds? Over, over over the four days and you don't know what the score is and you don't know who what the leader has or darts can you imagine just throwing darts at a dartboard for the hell of it or snooker if you don't keep score you don't know where you are in the game you don't know what you need to do you don't know where your opponent is um you don't know how big the gap is how much time you have left to, to fulfill that gap and and, and for me that's how I've started to think about the numbers in my business is, is just think of it as a, as a game. And if I'm profitable, I'm winning the game. And if I'm not profitable, I'm losing the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they, always say, they always say for you to be in business, you have to be making money. The numbers have to be right. You know, if the, if, the, if the numbers are not right, that means that business, though, no matter how, how, how fanciful the, the logo is, you know, the structure is, you got to be making money. You gotta be making money. If you're not, if you're not profitable, there is a a flaw in the business model. I, I I think there is a fundamental flaw. And don't get me wrong, you you can get investment in your business, and as long as you can see that you'll break even in three years' time and then be profitable afterward, that that's fine. But too many, I would call them business owners who maybe have a skill and they're selling it, undercharge, spend too much time on stuff. They are perfectionists. They don't really understand what it's going to cost them to deliver that service or that product. And, and they're ending up, I mean, there's a, there's a guy I was just having a text conversation with just before we came on air. 
And for two years, his pricing was so wrong because he didn't understand the business's numbers that every single time he did a job, it was costing him money. Wow. Every single time he was doing it, he was, he was not even working for free. He was, it was costing him money. It's just, it's, it's, it's nuts. And there are lots and lots and lots of people out there like that. So yeah, understand the numbers. That's that'd be the big one. Yeah, yeah, on, on the, yeah, yeah. You're right. Definitely right. You know, understanding numbers is is one thing. You know, and I know in business as well. You know, apart from the structure, the logo, the the number part of it. You know, we also have like the branding aspect of it as well. You know, which in in turn, I think yeah, there's always this thing of personal branding and business branding. You know, for you, you know, can you tell the listeners, the viewers, you know, like you know. What's your take on, you know, business branding or personal branding? Because I, I know they are two different things anyway. Okay, so I, I, I think the answer to that is this, that your business branding is not about your business. Your business branding needs to be about your customer. Your business branding needs to say exactly what problem you solve and who you solve it for. That's, that's what the branding needs to, to, to stand for. So... Apple, for example, are a great example. They basically said to the world, it doesn't matter if you understand how to code. It doesn't matter if you don't think you're a geek. You can use our computers. You know, that, that, that's, how they, that's how they change things. You don't have to be a nerd. You don't have to be gray. You can be different and still use a computer. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what you know. You know what I mean? That's what it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. For, for, for me, um, I, think, uh, yeah, I, think, I think for that, with that, I think it's, all about, it's also all about customer experience. You know, if you if you create a, a good, yeah. like like a very good customer experience, like like you just mentioned Apple now, you know, look looking at the Apple Store, you just it just, just looks amazing. Like there's there's nothing inside. Like it's as if it's empty, but but, but it also looks amazing. You know, it, it it does, and and I think that that's because they really really thought about the journey that their customer is going to take, and not just the physical journey, but the emotional journey as well. And very few, we do a lot of work at this with, with, our, with our clients and our members is that people don't take the time to think about how do people feel when they are going through a purchasing decision? How do they really feel? And if you can understand at every stage of the journey with you, how they feel, um, not how they think, how they feel, and you can deliver something that makes them feel good about your brand, then you've got your brand new uh, and it's, you're right, that customer experience. But, and that's why I say your business brand is not about you. It's about your customer. It's about how they feel. It's about the problems that you can show them that you're able to solve. Because everybody is looking for a guide. Every, you know, every, everybody, everybody wants to be a hero in their own story, but they need a guide to help them. And, and if your business can stand up and go, we can be your guide, and then, then they'll come to you. So that, that's, that's my kind of take on business branding. Personal branding is about being an influencer. And I think personal branding has changed a lot in the last couple of years. And it's less about who you know. It always, always used to be about who you knew. That's what your personal branding and influence was about. It was about who do you know? Who do you know? It's now become who knows you. So I, I've, I've come on this podcast now and there might be people listening to it who maybe reach out or whatever, or they might see me in the future on Instagram or LinkedIn or wherever, or on stage or whatever, but they'll know me. And it's not about me, not, it's not about who I know, but it's the fact that I'm increasing my reach so that more people know me. Yeah. And it's a subtle thing, but we're, that's the world we're in now. Yeah. It's about who knows you. 
yeah, yeah. And um, talking about talking about you know outreach, you know trying to get new audiences as well. You know, you have your book. I believe that the book as well is to have uh, create the awareness and have new audiences as well. In come in writing your book, you know, what when was the point you you set yourself? Do you know, Ash? I'm going to write the book, you know, and I, and this is what I want in my book. You know, when was that point? <laughs> so I, I reckon I've been writing that book for about six, maybe seven years. <laughs> uh, and I knew you'd ask me this. <laughs> and I started writing it. Um, so the, 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 the chapter that's about my sister, I wrote that about six months after she, um, the 10th anniversary of her death, I think it was. And sorry about that. I wrote that just just on the blog, just kind of a bit of catharticness, you know what I mean? And then I thought, oh, this could be a book. And I've got a story here. And I, and I started it on and off and over three or four or five years, kept buying it, put it down again, pick it up, put it down again. And the trouble is that this this little man inside my head called Mr. Imposter just kept getting in the way. And he kept saying to me, you're not good enough to write a book. You know, you haven't achieved anything. Why Why would anybody want to read your story? You haven't got a story. You, mm. you, do you know what I mean? There's all these all these reasons why it was a really, really bad idea to write a book. And I, and I just got to a point where I was like, you know what? If I've got something here that one person reads and it helps one person, then it's worth writing. And once I made that decision, I just went, right, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, you're you're absolutely right there, Ash. You know, I, I think I think one thing as as content creators, you know, podcasters, you know, whatever you do that when you want to put content out, you know, there's there's always this thing about oh, you know, who's gonna listen to my to my show, to my who's gonna who's gonna watch my videos, gonna read my my post and all that. You know, we we all there's there's that there's that there's that thing going on in your head, you know. But for me, like you said, you know, for me, like you said, you know. If it just gets to one person, if I if I get one comment, you know, one like or one view, you know, I, I think for me, you know, my job is done because for someone to actually view, listen to your to your to your show or, or or watch your video, you know, it takes a lot, you know, it takes a lot, you know, and if you can just get one person, I think for me, like like you, I'm on this with you, you know, my job is done, you know, it's it's it totally done, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of like okay, yeah, at least it, it got to one person, you know, loved your journey so far, it's been it's been fantastic, you know, and you know, but in, on in the, in the course of your journey, you know, and, and your story, you know, what has been the best advice you've gotten so far, you know, from from anybody, your your past your past coach, you know, or, or business mentors as well, friends, family, what has been that best advice you've gotten so far? Wow. You know, I hear people ask this question from other people, and I'm always really interested in the answer. So the, the best piece of advice I've ever, I've ever heard was from Rocky Balboa. And I think it was Rocky Five. And he turns around to his son and he says, if you ever want to see the toughest opponent you're ever going to have to face, you need to look in the mirror. And that, that's really, it's really stayed with me because I think, you know, we can talk about competition, we can talk about rivals we can talk about money all these things but actually the only person you've got to compete with every day and beat and be better at is who you were yesterday so as a piece of advice that 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 for me is really strong it's just about you know all you can do is be better than who you were yesterday go out and be better than who you were yesterday and if and if you can do that and apply it to everything that you do so if if my business is one percent better today than it was yesterday 
I've achieved something. And it, and it only needs to be 1%. It, it doesn't need to be 20%. It doesn't need to be 50%, just 1%. So just go out and be better every day. That, that, that's, I, th- I think, probably the biggest piece of advice I've, I've ever come across. And it, it wasn't directly given to me, but I think it's, it's really important. And then the, the piece of advice that has been given to me directly was by Peter Hennessy Smith, my first coach, funnily enough. And he always used to say to me, Ash, look up. Because the more you look up, the more you see opportunity. Just look up all the time. And it doesn't matter how hard life gets. It doesn't matter how difficult your business is, where your challenge is. If you look up, you will see opportunity. And that's what we do, isn't it? We grab opportunity and we make, we make, we turn opportunity into reality. Um, but if you don't, if you don't look up, you don't see it. Stop looking at your feet. Look up, look around, lift your head, be tall, be proud, be strong. You know, be, be, don't be afraid of being who you are and, and just go out there and look up because there's this, this, this stuff out there for all of us to grab hold. We're, we live in an amazing place in an amazing country where there is opportunity all around. Go grab it. The only reason you can't is because of what's in here. Yeah. It's, a, it's all about the mindset as well. You know, you gotta, yeah. you gotta have the right, the right mindset. You do. And it's hard. You know, you gotta be resilient. You gotta be tough. Um, things will happen. Things will go wrong. But just keep, you know, put one step, one foot in front of the other, just one, 1%, just keep moving forwards. Keep looking at the horizon, not down at your feet. Because, you know, you, you, you look inwards, you never see what's possible. You only see what's possible when you look away from yourself. You look out there and see what there is. Go and, go and bust that comfort zone. Get out of that bubble. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, Ash, man. So, what is what is next for us? You know, and I know the pandemic is, is there. You know, COVID people are working differently. You know, it's it's become like difficult and tough as well. You know, but but, but for you, you know, what, what would you say is, is the next thing for you in in terms of your business? You know, personal development as well. Uh, so what's next for me? Just keep growing, keep putting one foot in front of the other. I've, I've got this great business. I've got this great community. We want to get it out in front of more people, help more people. I'm looking forward to getting back on stages again and, and you know, when we can speak. Um, I've just finished the recording, the last part of the Audible of my book. Mm. Um, so that that's hopefully going to be released end of April. We'll get that out there in, in front of people. So people who are listeners rather than li- readers can benefit from it as well. I've got a new podcast starting aimed at um, school leavers, 16 to 18 year olds to help them deal with interviews, you know, learn how to uh, do proper interviews. So we're, we're interviewing recruiters and employers and all sorts of people who, who take on board young people. So that's a really cool, exciting project to be involved with. And in, in the background, we just, you know, keep building the business, keep encouraging people to, you know, to, to, to grow their own wings and to step out of their own comfort zones and make their change in the world because, yeah, you know, I, I think being an entrepreneur, being a business owner, is is an amazing thing because you are you are taking control of your destiny. You are, um, you know, you're responsible for other people's mortgages. You're adding value to the world, and if we can help tiny bit with that, that, that just gives me joy. Yeah, nice, nice. That's that's a huge responsibility, you know. Having to, you 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 know that this 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 employee or this person that works with you, you know, his livelihood depends on you. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a huge thing, you know, and it is also, it's also something we, we reflect on all the time as well, you know, as entrepreneurs or business owners, you know, and I know that the very interview some couple of months back, he said that he, do, he doesn't take up paying himself. He pays the employees first, mm. you know, he, he pays them first, you know, yeah. so, 
it's, it's interesting because there are a lot of people who would say you're mad and you should pay yourself first. No. It's a difficult one because as the owner of the business, you, I, I understand it, but at the same time, you've got to pay yourself. I think it's so important because you're the one taking the risk. You know, no, no one's ever going to care about the business as much as you. If it fails, they'll go and get a job somewhere else. And <laughs> Uh, absolutely man you're right you're right you're right you know but if if someone comes to me you know i say ash you know read your book you know look to you as well you know doing an amazing job you know as as a, as a business owner you know i also want to go into business as well you know for you you know what would you t- what, what would you tell that person wow that's such a big question we said it we talked about it before get a team around you don't, 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 don't do it on your own. I, I, I go back to sport again. I'll, I'll use it. You will not find a professional athlete in the world anywhere who doesn't have a team around them, even in individual sport. You know, they have psychologists. They have masseurs. They have people who book their flights for them. They have trainers. They have coaches. They have mental coaches. They have osteopaths, you know, whatever. Um, nutritionists, you know, somebody who designs their clothes for them. The, the, the successful people even in individual sports, have a team. And I think if you can, it doesn't have to be a team you pay. It doesn't have to be a team that's full-time and employed. But surround yourself with people that can do the things you can't do so you don't have to do those things. And you can focus on on your bit of genius, what you're amazing at. Because otherwise what happens really quickly is you have this great idea and you end up doing nothing about the idea you end up doing everything else around the idea does that make sense you end up yeah. doing, you know or you ignore the things that are important so if you if you if you have this idea and you're brilliant at that then focus on that and get get people around you to do the other thing i think you know that would be my single piece of advice biggest piece of advice is don't try and do it alone because you, you you will not find an entrepreneur who has been successful out there anywhere who's done it on his own I truly believe that. All of them. They may not talk about them in their books. They might say, oh, it was me in the market stall and I did it all. But every single one of them had people or someone around them helping them helping them grow. And the other thing I would say is get rid of the people. It's harsh, but get rid of the people that hold you back. Get rid of the people that say you'll never make it. Get rid of the people who say, what are you doing that for? Why don't you get a proper job? You know, cut them out. It's hard. You don't need you don't need that in your head every day when it's hard anyway. You don't you don't need people telling you that you're not going to do it when you when you, you know you're struggling to believe it yourself. You need you need people around you who challenge you, but will support you. Mm-hmm. I, I, the friends I have now are very very different to the friends I had ten years ago. Yeah, absolutely. And it's hard. It's hard sometimes, but it's, that's what's best for me and best for my family and best for my clients and best for my members is that I'm as strong as I can be. I don't need people like that in my ear all the time telling me I'm not going to do it. That doesn't help anybody. So, yeah, I think they're the two things. Just really, just surround yourself with the right people. Obviously, understand the numbers. <laughs> Get your head around the numbers. <laughs> yeah, Gary, um, the numbers, man. Yeah, and do you know what? The other thing I would say is sleep. You know, I, I, I mean that peacefully, but just look after yourself. You know, you, 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 we, well, our bodies are like finely tuned cars, aren't they? You wouldn't put rubbish fuel in a car. You wouldn't keep it clean. You wouldn't service it if you love that car. Your body is the same. You've got to look after your body. You look after your body. You look after your mind. And, and then you're going to be at your best. Yeah. And I think too many people think, oh, I've got to work, 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 work. 
and they don't rest, they don't train, they don't eat properly, they don't drink enough water, you know, they don't get enough fresh air and they wonder why they're not performing. You know, it's like leaving a car with the engine running with a cover over the top of it in a garage and then wondering why it stalls as soon as you bring it out. You've, you've got to look after it. You've got to put oil in it. You've yeah. got to you know, fuel it properly. You've got to clean it. You've got you know, yeah. look after yourself. Yeah, you got to service, you got to service the car. you got to service the car. And have a lot of holidays. <laughs> Sounds crazy, man, but... <laughs> The more holidays I have, the more productive I am. Uh, Everybody, Everybody's busy just before they go on holiday. And you go on holiday, you come up with all the crazy ideas. Yeah. On holiday. Yeah. Ash, if you, if you are giving the opportunity to go back to tennis, you know, like go back to tennis, not, not being pro, but just being in that environment, you know, would you do that? Would you do that? Yeah, I was asked this two weekends ago. I was walking the dog and we met this couple we got chatting because their dog liked my dog and I was having to get my dog off of their dog. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> and we get chatting away and she, she was the secretary or something at the local tennis club. And, you know, I was like, oh, and she was saying, oh, you should come back and play. You should come back and play. And I was just like, no, because tennis gave me a lot, but I get that now from golf and being in golf clubs, playing golf. I get that same sort of pulse. So I kind of feel like I don't need to go that. I, I, I would never say never. But right now where I'm at, I, I feel like it would be a backward step in many ways. And I don't like to look behind me. I like to look Yeah, forward. and look forward and look up as well. <laughs> and look up. Yeah, look up as well, you know. Uh just to take a line from your book, you know. Where I, I think we discussed it last time we what last time we spoke, you know, but just I just want to get a bit of clarity around that, you know. Which way you go often depends on whose voice you choose to listen to, you know. When you when you put that statement there, you know, what were you thinking? I was thinking that we all have people around us who will have an opportunity to influence us by what they say and, and what they do all the time. And I think it's really, really important that you be discerning and you be smart about who you choose to listen to because some people, most people are quite selfish. You know, most people, are, it's rare you meet people who would genuinely have your interests first. So they'll, they'll tell you what they think you want to hear. They'll tell you what they think is best for them. <laughs> Even if it's like, I don't want to lose you as a friend, so mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you that you're doing an amazing thing, whereas actually you, you need them to say something different. Or they're scared of telling you the truth. So I think it's really easy to, to be influenced and pulled around by different people. And, and if you understand that, then pick the people that you listen to really carefully because you will be influenced by it. You know, there, there are people listening to your podcast right now they're going to do things because of what you say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got I got someone approached me last week, you know, and and he said, oh, he listened to an episode, you know, of, of my podcast, and um, that that really he really liked that, and for, and for that, you know, he will, he will want to come on the show, you know. So those are the kind of things we're talking about, you know. Even if even if it's one person, you know, your job is done, you know. And when I when I when I got that message, I was like, oh my god, you know, I I I started this whole thing just from just from an an, an idea, you know, and I, I got procrastinating as well, you know, trying to just say, oh, I'm, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, you know. And doing podcasting and speaking as well, one one of my weaknesses is I stutter, so that that kind of like took me a bit of time to come around there and say, you know, how am I going to sound, you know? But getting such messages from people, you know, that's sort of like you know it just it, it just it's just overwhelming you know it, it just it just gives you that you know fulfillment that you want you know that personal satisfaction you know it gives you it gives you that you know which is which is really great 
How many, how many people said to you, you can't do a podcast, you stutter? How many times did you say to yourself, you can't do a podcast, you stutter? And here you are. So, so you've looked up, you've seen the opportunity, yeah, you've stepped outside of your comfort zone, you've done some stuff that takes, you know, means that you have to be brave. You, you probably failed a few times when you started, but you didn't give up, you carried on going. So you are, you are, you are sitting here as a real example of everything I've talked about. Yeah. And you're doing it for the right reasons. And that's so important, isn't it? Do it for the right reasons. You know, you, 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 wanted, you wanted one person for it to impact. And I'm sure it's impacted more than one person. I'm sure I, I know my book has impacted more than one person. I get messages. My LinkedIn is full of messages from people saying, just finished reading your book. It was absolutely amazing. You know, it really got me thinking about this. It got me thinking about that. It's changed, it's changed this for me. It's changed that for me. And I'm just every day, I just think, wow, what a privilege to be in that position where you can affect change. And, and because of that, even when there are days where I'm feeling rubbish, where it's harder than others, I can't give up because this is bigger than me now. Do, do, do you know what I mean? It's, it's bigger than me. It's got a life of its own now. It's, it's, so, it's, 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 def, it's definitely a movement, man. Definitely a movement. Yeah, I hope so. Slowly. But <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> Nice on us, man. It's been it's been it's been a great conversation, man. It's been good. You know, you know, when it comes to social media, you know, now social media, everybody talking about social media. We use it to promote our our shows and doing all that. You know, social media could be good, it could be bad as well. You know, but for you, you know, how how do you see social media? Is it something that is good? Is is it, is it bad? You know, and I know everybody have their own different ideas anyway. But social media for you, you know, how do you see? How do you see? It? So social media is just a thing. It's just a tool. You know, it's not good. It's not bad. It's about the people who use it fundamentally to define whether it's good or a bad thing. And at the end of the day, good and bad are just opinions, aren't they? You know, one person's good is another person's bad, and one person's bad is another person's good. And as a tool, like anything else, it can be brilliant. But that tool can become a distraction very, very quickly. They're designed to be distractions. They're designed to be addictive. And I, I do meet people all the time who are saying, oh, well, I've been doing Facebook for ages or Instagram for ages, and I'm not getting any traction and nothing's happening. When you dig down and you discover who their market is, they're in the wrong place. So I think a lot of people use social media just for business just because they think they should be rather than really truly understanding where their market is hanging out and whether that's a place they need to hang out as well. So, I, I, you know, Facebook works okay for me, but Facebook ads work really well for me. My market's on there. Um, LinkedIn is working really, really well for me, starting to really gain some traction because my market's on there. Instagram, it probably is, but then do I need to be on three platforms? I haven't got the energy. I haven't got the time. I use it personally. I'd rather do one or two things really, really well and spread myself too thin. You know, we, we use Instagram a little bit to promote the podcast, but we use Facebook and LinkedIn more because LinkedIn's just a tool to get the podcast out to other people. Mm. I, I give away more copies of the book on LinkedIn than anywhere else. And I do a little post and people go, oh, where do I get one of those then? It's, it's But when I do that on Facebook, I don't get anything. <laughs> so, you know, You've got, you've, got to, you've got to spend the time where your people, you know, we talked earlier about building a community yeah. um, and that community needs to include your, your, your business, your, your business and your, your target market, you know, your audience, your audience, that's the word you use. Mm -hmm. Where's your audience hanging out? 
You know, where where is your audience hanging out? If you want to watch a film, you don't go to the theatre. You go to the cinema. Mm-hmm. Where 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 is your audience hanging out? And it's a, it's it's a it's a critical thing that many people don't think about. They they think about what's exciting. They think about what's new. I mean, so many people are jumping on Clubhouse at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Right, but great for some people. But is your audience on there? Mm. You know, if you if you if you're B to C, do you need to be on there? Mm. Don't know. And, and why 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 go and do something new? when your Facebook ads are already working really, really well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do know someone who stopped his Facebook ads because he didn't have time to do them anymore because he was on Clubhouse all the time. And his business is dying. Uh, Clubhouse, man. I think I think for I think for me that is just the rave of the moment, you know. And I, I know it's it's been on since last year, but I joined it this year. You know, I was there a couple of times and listened to a lot of people in in, in there as well, you know, but for some reason, I just stopped going in there because he, I, I found out that I wasn't doing all that. I, I wasn't editing the time I said I want to edit, you know. It was taking other things away from me, you know. I wasn't meeting up to my target anymore. I was like, no, man, I'm not going to get sucked up into this anymore. I'm just going to leave it, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not anti it. I haven't spent enough time on there. And some people are killing it on there. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, they are, they are. But I'm also aware that a lot of the people who are killing it have already got really big audiences on other platforms already. So all they're doing is maybe diluting what they're doing. I, 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 don't, I, don't, know. I don't know enough about it. I just think we're all really quick to jump on the next thing mm. and ignore stuff that's already working. Mm. I mean, I, I'm really looking forward to life getting back to normal and me getting onto stages because I know when I speak, I, I attract people to, to our community. So I want to go back and do more of that because I know it works. Absolutely. So why would I? Why would I stop it? <laughs> Absolutely. You know. What's your What's your take on legacy? You know, like you know, now we are doing all this. You know, you, we want to leave piece of work or art behind. You know, leave leave things we've done. You know, just to show that okay, we 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 we've been on this earth for a long time now. You know, and this is what I'm living behind. You know, and um, for you, you know, what what's your take on that legacy and trying to inspire the world whilst you've gone, you know, and, you know, and I know people shy away from this question because they always say, oh, legacy of oh, when, when I'm dead, no, no, but, you know, I, I know people always get scared around it, but for you, you know, what, what is, what, what is, what is that legacy that you, that you want to leave behind? No, I've, I've thought about this question a lot, a lot. Um, I do have an answer for it. So I'm going to give the answer in, the, in a little story, if that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So, and it's not my story. I, it's somebody else's story. I'll explain it at the end. But I want you to imagine that you're walking down a street and you you walk past this building and there's these big, beautiful doors and there's all these people sitting on seats and you, you, you're curious. So you go into the building and there's these all these seats either, either side and there's this aisle. And you walk up the aisle and you realize you're in a, in a, in a church, um, in a mosque, you know, whatever. And you get to the front and you realize that all these people are here um, to pay their respects at a funeral mm-hmm. and there's music going on and it's beautiful and you think well you know i'll pay my respects as well i'm here so i'll go and do that so you walk up and you step up to the stage and there's a coffin a beautiful coffin flowers little black and you look down at the face and you realize it's you mm. and you are lying in the coffin. and you get the privilege of sitting watching your own funeral and one by one your best friend parent a sibling your children, your business associates, your 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 clients, your partners, your suppliers, 
they all come up one by one and they say something about you in your life. What would you want them to say? Mm. And, and that for me is legacy. How do I want to be remembered? Not necessarily how much wealth I have gained. You know, and, and what I don't want people to be saying is, oh, Ash had really nice taste in shoes. Oh, man, I'm going to miss driving in his car. Or he had a lovely house. Those things are just not important. I, I want them to talk about the type of person I was and the impact I had on their lives. That, that for me, for me, and I can only speak for me, that for me is legacy. How I made people feel. Nice, Ash, man. Really, really, it's for me just like a reflection. You know, it's a, it's a great story. And and you just, I don't know, there's so much to carry from that. <laughs> We, we could just end the show now and I'll be done, man. Like, you know, that was, that was, a, that was a very touching one, man, you know. Very, very touching one, you know. Last one for me here, you know. If someone is listening to this, you know, watching this, seeing you, you know, and um, you want them to take something away from this, you know, what would be that thing you want them to give away from this? Make it matter, I think is what I would say. If it matters, if it matters enough, you'll make it happen. You know, the, 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 the building a business is, is hard. Mm-hmm. That's why so many, so few people do it. Mm-hmm. All right. And I, I can't remember who said it, but if you don't, go, if you don't go and build your dream, then you'll end up working for somebody else's dream. Make, make it, make it matter. Make what you are building matter. Make it, make sure it has a legacy, whatever that means to you. Make sure it serves more people than just you. Cause when you, when you build something that serves more people than you that has a bigger impact than just you. It takes on a life of its own. So that that's, you know, we, my business is, is attached very, very closely to a local charity. So as we grow, the charity benefits all the time. And so I'm not just thinking about me. If, if, if we have a few less profit, then I'm not able to help the charity as much. And that drives me on. That Because it's not about me. It's about my members and it's about, you know, helping this charity as much as possible. I'm, I'm bottom of the pile in this. I'm just, I'm just a, a driver. You know what I mean? But my passengers are my clients and, and the charity. Yeah. It's important that they get to where they get to go. They're the heroes in this, not me. So make, make it matter. Build something that matters. Yeah. It's been an amazing time, Ash. You know, love every bit of it. You know, well, if, if guys want to get in touch you, you know, where's the best place for them to get in touch you? Oh, well, we're, we're everywhere, not on Clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. Instagram, my personal Instagram is the Ash Taylor. I'm on LinkedIn, Ash Taylor. Uh, the business clubhouse.co.uk is the website. Um, hitting the wall, hitting the wall book, um, or, or it's on Amazon as well. Yeah, we're just, I'm, I'm not difficult to find really everywhere but the website's probably the starting point because you can get to everywhere else from there so it's, um www we even need to say that anymore. um yeah the, the, the business clubhouse.co.uk that's that's where we hang out mostly yeah thank you yeah nice, nice one ash man it's been it's been amazing man trust me it is you know lots of takeaway from me you know and i really love your journey your story so far which is great so guys you know there you go ash has dropped the bomb you know hopefully we all get a thing or two from this you know and i also want to thank you for connecting you know and the time as well you know because i know now you know people are busy you know the time is limited you just want to do a lot of stuff based on what's going on right now you know i am really really grateful you know for you to give me your time you know which is great you know thanks ash uh, you're, you're very welcome uh, as i said you know if 
one person listens to this and makes change, then it was well worth the time. That's all we ever look for. Thank you for the opportunity to, to get in front of your, your tribe and your community because that's really cool, man. It's a real privilege. Thank you very much. Yeah, nice one, Ash, man. That's it, man. Thanks. Cool. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> nice, man. Nice, nice, nice. Great, 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 great. <laughs>